So Jesus wasn't kidding when he said those words in Matthew 7. Because this is happening right now. False prophets. False prophets are are people who seek to lead astray those that are on the narrow way. Outwardly, these people seem to be followers of, of Jesus, but ultimately, their goal is to destroy and to devour the sheep. To deter people from following Christ. To have them believe that they know better. To have them believe that God is a waste, his word alone is a hoax, and that there is nothing of value from believing in his words. Oh, they're out there. Yes, they are. They are professors at universities teaching God's word as fiction, saying what they believe as professors to be truth, not allowing students to have differing opinions. Even when those students, Christians or atheists, bring actual historical facts to the teacher, it doesn't matter. And get this, even if they wanted to go say something to someone about the professor, they can't because the professor is the head of the theology department. Student after student being lied to about the inerrancy about the word of God by theology professors. Jesus says, beware the false prophets. God's word is important, but, God's word is important, but we can get rid of this or or we can get rid of that because it doesn't fit in with society today. So we don't need it. This person believes this should be true, so let's make it the truth. They say it should be so, so we don't question it, and it becomes acceptable. Man-made truths, traditions, accepted as important and more important than God's word. Jesus says, beware of false prophets. Some churches at a major Christian denomination here in the United States are standing behind and praising a self-described drag evangelist candidate for the ministry right now. In in their Christian church body, as, as he says, God is nothing. The Bible is nothing. Religion is nothing. And he ends by concluding, saying that God and the Bible are nothing unless we wield it into something. Jesus says, beware of false prophets. Paul shares in our our reading that Heidi read for us there in, in 2 Timothy 4, that this is what we are living with amidst right now. Here again what he says. In 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 and 4, it says this, A time is coming... When people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching, they will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. 
Do you see it? People rejecting the truth, throwing out parts of scriptures that they don't like. Maybe they're going to keep the gospel. Maybe. But throwing everything else out. God's law, commandments, we don't need those anymore. Those are sold last year. Throw them out. Creation, nah, you know, we don't like it, so we don't need it. This is what's happening in so many churches. This is what so many pastors are doing. They're saying the Bible is nothing, God is nothing, unless you wield it into something. Friends, this is what American Christianity looks like today. It's wrong, but it's accurate. And and maybe for some of you, you didn't know this. Your eyes have just been open to the reality of what's being taught by some Christian pastors and Christian denominations across the United States. This form of American Christianity is like going to a buffet. Well, let me see here. We'll take a little bit of this. We'll take a little bit of that, but we're going to ignore this, and we're definitely not going to touch that. Actually, can you just get that out of here? That, that offends me. But, but would you please be willing to go ahead and make this for me and, and bring it out? Itching ears. People want what they want, and they will find someone to tell them that that's right and that's okay. But here's the thing. Pastors, DCEs, teachers, etc., people who are in positions of leadership like I am, we're supposed to do one thing. I mean, if you were to boil my job down to the one thing that I am supposed to do, that would be to teach God's word. To teach the holy scriptures, to declare God's word in truth and purity, both law and gospel. That's it. But here's the thing. Sola Scriptura is not cool. It's not hip. It's not woke. And so teachers of truth wander off into myths. They teach what they want, what they believe to be true, what the government leaders or the big givers tell them they want to hear. Not me. Not here. Not at Lutheran Memorial Church or Falls as long as I'm here. Sola Scriptura means Scripture alone. The faiths we have, the creeds we confess, are all built on Scripture. They don't stand right next to Scripture and say that this is just as true. No. They're all under the authority of the Bible. Scripture alone found on the authority of Christ alone. So then what happens when a teacher, a preacher, is trying to pull the wool over your eyes? What happens? Well, let me tell you this. It is the responsibility of Christians in every generation to test the official teachings of the visible church against what is found in Scripture. Let me say that again, make it a little bit more personal for you. It is our responsibility as Christians today to test the official teachings of the visible church against what is found in Scripture. Right now, many of you in here 
worshiping or worshiping at home are here today because you've done just that. That's why you're here. You've been guided by the Holy Spirit to stand up for the truth of God's word. And and when the truth was not proclaimed, when the truth was not taught, after conversations with leaders and pastors, you left those churches. And God led you to LMC River Falls, where we stand fully and wholeheartedly on the word of God. Scripture alone. So here, we believe, therefore we teach sola scriptura. Sola scriptura, scripture alone, is the ultimate authority in the church. We teach and believe that the scriptures are true in all their details, even when human reason cannot see how the scriptures could be true in certain instances. No matter what human reason tells us, God and his truth are active in, under, and through the literal words of the Bible. And because I am the pastor here, it is my responsibility as a servant of Christ to teach you God's inspired, inerrant, and infallible word. Inerrant means free from error, and infallible means incapable of being wrong. That's my job, period. That's what I strive to do. And that's what Paul tells of Timothy there in our reading. He says, as an improved worker of God, you must remain faithful to these things that you have been taught. So I must remain faithful and teach you these biblical truths. And you As a Christian in this generation, have the responsibility to make sure God's word is being taught in truth by me, by Chad, by our youth leaders and our volunteer teachers. And if it's not, or if you have a question, you speak to us. And then you speak to me. And we chat. We have a discussion. So to do this, this means, though, you have to know the word of God. So many of us say we believe in Scripture alone. But do we know the Scriptures? Here again what Paul says there in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, which, by the way, he says for all of us, says this. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us us to do what is right. So right here, we see the importance of knowing the Bible. What does God's word say? Good or bad, like it or not, God's word is taught and then believed as truth. 
But then you got verse 17 there, another verse that's often chopped off within the church, often forgotten. So 2 Timothy 3.17 says this, God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So now we take what we know, what we stuck in our heads, and we use it. We don't just sit on it. But we apply it within our lives. We go from Bible studying to Bible doing. So what I'm saying here is this. This thing, right? This is the Bible. When we as believers in Jesus hold the Bible as truth, we affirm that it is the very word of God, and we delight in reading, meditating, and studying it to know God. And then to live for him. As a follower of Jesus Christ, the word of God has final authority over you and me. Let me say that again. As a follower of Jesus Christ, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the word of God has final authority over you and me. God's word is there to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong. God's word is there to teach us that we are forgiven that we are saved and we are redeemed by faith in Christ alone, by grace alone. Knowing that we live in a world where truth is relative, knowing that we live in a world where we don't want any absolute authority over our lives, knowing that we live in a world where we want to be the masters of our own destiny, Knowing that we live in a world where false teachers sway people away from God's word as truth, it is important that we go back to the scriptures. This means that as followers of Jesus, we are not to put our traditions, our culture, our feelings, or our opinions over and above the word of God. Scripture is there to help form our traditions, our culture. As Scripture is where we go to get our wisdom. As Scripture is where we get our understanding about the issues of this life. Scripture teaches us about God and shows us the truth of who we are. Scripture guides us to live a life by the power of the Holy Spirit that is pleasing, honoring and serving our God. So here, at this church, you have had and you will continue to have not only the opportunity to listen to God's truth be proclaimed in a message on Sunday morning, but in Bible studies and in missional communities. You see, having the chance to grow and study God's word is just part of it. You have to have the opportunity to talk about it. You have to have the opportunity to ask questions of the leader. How does this apply to my life? You can't just say, read the Bible. You can't do that. Whether we're talking about adults, youth, kids, it doesn't matter. You just can't tell them to read the Bible. There's got to be more than, than, than that. 
Because if you're reading, studying, and meditating on God's word, you're going to need help. You're going to need brothers and sisters in Christ to help you understand. And then after you start to understand it, you're going to need help applying it. You're going to need help practicing it so you can go out the front doors where we know this isn't truth anymore. And live your life for Christ, following the word of God. That's why you have two full-time church workers here. Do you guys know this? Two full-time church workers here to teach you, to equip you, to prepare you. And if you're a youth volunteer, a teacher volunteer, thank you for doing that. But Chad and I are here to equip you and teach you, to help you teach these things to those kids. Not only for you to grow, but to help them as you serve Christ in that way. If you don't know by now, this is important to me. <laughs> but I don't want it just to be important to me. I know the church will never die. But if it's only important to the pastor, then this church is closer to death than it was two minutes ago. I want this to be important to you, too. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Itching ears. They're rampant. False teachers are leading people astray. And it's happening so subtly in many cases that they don't even know it. So while we stand firmly on Scripture alone, we have to take a look at ourselves and see where we truly stand as Christians today. We need to come to the scripture. We need to come to the scripture having a posture of, of being humble and teachable. In, in order to do that, we need to ask ourselves some questions. And I know, I know what you're going to say. Well, pastor, we can't do this. You're right. So, so, so don't hear these questions like, oh, you're going to do this perfectly and all this stuff. No, I, I get it. We're not. But you have to ask yourself these questions as a Christian today, as you come to Scripture, humble and teachable. Here they are. First one. Do I spend time feasting on God's Word? Do I submit to God's Word totally and joyfully? Do I allow God's word to confront me and challenge me to know, to grow, and to go? Maybe this is not what you expected to hear today for a message on sola scriptura. But here's the thing. Here's why this is so important to me, for you to know, for you to believe, and for others to believe. The whole purpose of this book, the whole purpose of everything written in here is that you may believe. 
not that you may believe in yourself, not that you may believe in the government, not that you may believe in the culture. No, the whole purpose of everything written in here is that you may believe in Jesus Christ. Look, friends, you know what the world has to offer. You know it. You know that there are are wolves dressed in sheep's clothing. You know that there are false teachers and false preachers. You know it because you see it. You know culture is running further and further into the darkness, away from the truth, away from the light. And you also know none of it holds up. It always changes. It never stays the same. Yet what is in here, in the Bible, this never changes. Jesus Christ and his love is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The whole purpose of this book is for you to believe. It's for you to believe in Jesus, that he is the Christ, that he is the Son of God that came to this earth to take away the sin of the world, to die on a cross and raise from the grave, to forgive you, to love you with this undeserved love, to give you life eternally. I can't make you believe. I'm not even here to force you to believe. That's not my job. I want you to believe, but I'm here doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I am teaching God's word in all its truth, law and gospel, sins and forgiveness. Believe it or not, that's not on me. That's between you and the work of the Holy Spirit. But I can tell you this, if I go my whole life and I believe this book and everything that is written in it and it's wrong, I have lost nothing. But if I go my whole life, believe in this book, believe everything written in it, believe in Jesus Christ and everything that it says in here is true, guess what I've gained? Everything. And the same holds for you. For by faith alone, in Christ alone, by his grace alone, through scripture alone, we who believe by the power of the Holy Spirit are saved and redeemed for eternity. As John writes there in the end of chapter 20, this book These words, they're written. They're written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you, friends, you may have life in his name. Amen and amen.